Cheney. I'm George Zahn. Thank you, George. Let's check on traffic right now. We have an accident US 42 at Hauk Road. Also an accident on Main at McBicken. West 75 north of town. 275 westbound at 75 in Tri-County. North 75 at the Norwood Lateral. Glenway at Grand. Your forecast tonight calls for clear skies, a low of 52. Sunny tomorrow with a high of 80 degrees. Friday sunny, a high of 82. And Saturday sunny, a high of 88. We see a pattern here. Sunday, Independence Day, a high of around 92 degrees with sunny skies. The next chance of rain looks to be next Wednesday. So should have a pretty nice holiday weekend this weekend. Right now we're at 78 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, the nation's source for honest, no-hype real estate investing information on public radio. And today is question and answer day on Real Life Real Estate Investing. I don't know. It might be the last question and answer day ever. It depends because, you know, every week I get... Dozens of questions via my email from real estate investors all over the country. And when we give you the chance to ask the question on the air, there's crickets chirping in the background. Let's see. That's not a good sound for live radio. So if you have questions about any aspect of real estate investing, whether it be buying, selling, financing, managing, rehabbing, whatever the topic may be, please give us a call today while you have the opportunity to ask any question that's been bothering you about real estate investing. You can phone us here in the greater Cincinnati area at 772-9658 or at 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email by going to askvina at gmail.com. It's just so much easier in weeks when there's somebody else in the studio for me to talk to than it is to do these question and answer weeks where um, I'm pulling up questions that people have asked ages ago or that um, folks have asked me in another forum or something. So please give us a call. 877-772-9658 or send your email with any question you like to askvina at gmail.com. And while you are on the internet, be sure and join our fan page on Facebook. You will be joining over 1,800 group members and 4,000 fans when you go to realliferealestateradio.com, realliferealestateradio.com. And you'll get updates about the program, what's coming up, who our guests are. You can make suggestions for guests and topics. You can also go from there to our free podcast episodes on iTunes. There's a link there on that website. And um, plus, you'll just be doing the popular thing, apparently. So, so, so many people want to be fans of real life real estate investing. So again, question and answer week, give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. A question here from Donna in Cross Plains, Tennessee. She says, I haven't listened to your show too much, although I have intended to. Um, Due to a long string of life turns, my home is going to be on the auction block soon. 
my solution is your solution, which is wholesale a few properties. I have two great properties locked up and I would even like to buy them myself. Uh, if you can be of any assistance, I would be ever so grateful. Well, un unfortunately, Donna here on Real Life Real Estate Investing, we're on public radio. So yeah, I suppose if we were on a commercial station, I could probably like give your email, give the addresses, um, tell people exactly why they ought to buy your great deals. But instead, I am going to give you this piece of advice, uh, wholesaling properties is a matter as you have discovered of two things. Number one is having inventory, having having great deals to sell. And the other part of it is having and maintaining a buyer's list. And folks uh, folks folks worry about selling wholesale properties. They worry about like they don't they don't, like don't want to put properties under contract because they they're afraid they can't sell them. But at the same time they don't spend enough time and attention building up that buyer's list before the properties are under contract. And um, there's a lot of good ways to do that. Probably the the very best way in terms of sheer leverage is to join and attend and network at your local real estate association, which given your area code, I would guess is probably the Real Estate Investors of Nashville in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, you know, let folks know there what you do and, and, and find out from them what they want. And, and when you, when you find that deal and you have a contract to sell them, call them up and say, Hey, remember me, I'm Donna. We talked at the Rian meeting and, and I would love to uh, tell you about this property because I really think it fits your profile. So that would be the number one suggestion for any wholesaler looking to build a buyer's list. Other ones might be, um, I now not only break for ugly houses, I also break for houses under rehab. Anytime I see a dumpster in a front yard or people hauling drywall into a house in a, in a rental neighborhood, I, I assume that that's probably an investor doing a rehab because that's, that's who is fixing up most of the ugly houses in the world today is small investors like you and me. And I stop my car and I go and I talk to the contractors and I find out who bought the house and do they own other houses and how can I get a hold of them? And I call them up and I say, hey, when you're done with that project, do you need another one? And that's more of a, of a one by one way of finding buyers, obviously. But uh, on the other hand, you know that the folks that you find that way are actually buyers because they just bought a property typically, uh, you know, calling the I buy houses ads and signs that you see and finding out what those folks actually do and what they, what they are looking for is another good way to do it. Uh, attending auctions like sheriff sale auctions that, uh, happen in your area on a weekly or monthly basis. And, um, yeah, there's all sorts of ways to, to find buyers. But, uh, what I, what I talk, what I tell new wholesalers is that a really good split of your time is to spend about half of it looking for the deals and about half of it adding people to your buyers list. So whatever amount of time you have available, you probably want to split it up something like that. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate. Call in your questions at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. You can also send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859 292 7342. Checking on traffic right now, we have an accident on southbound 75 on the Brent Spence Bridge blocking the left lane. Again, that is southbound 75 on the Brent Spence Bridge, left lane is blocked. On the other side of the expressway, we have two accidents on northbound 75. The first one you come to around the Norwood Lateral is on the right shoulder, and then another one up near Town Street, also on the right shoulder. Westbound 275 at 75, an accident, and US 42 at Halk Road, Main at McMicken, Glenway at Grand. And uh, once again, if you're heading down to Louisville, 
major accident on southbound 71 at US 65 or I 65 and uh, that's expected to be there for several more hours so 71 very 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 slow uh, also emergency gas main brake repair work uh, spring grove at the western hills viaduct spring grove down to one lane each direction Forecast tonight calls for clear skies, a low of 52. Tomorrow, sunny, a high of 80. And then on Friday, sunny, a high of 82. Then check out the Independence Day weekend. Uh, Saturday, sunny with a high of 88. Sunday, sunny, a high of 92. And then uh, for the uh, legal holiday Mondays, uh, sunny with a high of 92 degrees as well. Right now, uh, we're right around uh, 78 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. WMKV puts its best musical foot forward tonight. At 8 p.m. after Mystery Playhouse, it's Hit Parade Highlights. At 9 o'clock tonight, don't miss In Concert. And at 10 p.m., Barbershop Harmony, followed at 11 by Music Till Midnight. Your favorites are right here every day on 89.3 FM, WMKV, the way radio was and is meant to be. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate. And that means you, listeners, provide the questions and I give the answers. And in order to provide the questions and therefore actually have a show, you need to give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. And folks, if 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 question and answer week is not uh, a show that that you guys value or want to hear we will happily replace it with a guest on the last week of each month because um, it's just it's it's easier <laughs> it's easier to have a guest than to than to tackle questions as they come in but uh, if you do have a question and if you do want question and answer week to continue send us an email askvina at gmail.com or Give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. A question from Paul in Cincinnati. Any rule of thumb on what to estimate for reserves when analyzing a multifamily property prior to inspecting it? I want to come up with a ballpark offer over the phone within a day or two of the initial contact from the owner. Uh, and Paul, yeah, there's 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 kind of an answer to that, and there's kind of not because uh, you know rules of thumb are good for what again? Measuring thumbs. They're okay to sort of pre-analyze a deal and say, is this even worth pursuing or not? But. Uh, they're not they're not of course in any way exact and what what rule of thumb i would use for what you're asking here depends on the size of the multifamily building if you're talking about a two three four family it's a little bit different than if you're talking about something bigger than that you also said an estimate for reserves and i assume that that you in fact mean reserves versus the rest of the expenses and for for those of you folks who maybe aren't familiar with that term uh, reserves are a way of accounting for the fact that parts of any piece of real estate are are going bad each year even though they will not have to be replaced each year uh, for instance a, a roof on a house is typically thought to be a 20-year item right you replace you have to replace it about every 20 years and if you in fact could replace 120 of that roof each year for 20 years and then start all over uh your 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 budgeting would be a lot easier but that's not what happens what happens is you pay nothing for the roof and 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 that goes on for 19 years and then in year 20 you have a great big expense for replacing the roof so reserves are a way of both accounting for that and having the money to actually do that so uh yeah the um the uh replacement reserves are for things like refrigerators right that in a in a in a rental property they're going to last 7 to 10 years uh the roof the uh the wear items uh, driveways sidewalks uh things that things that are going to be expenses when they have to be replaced but are not going to have to be replaced every year so 
Uh, Paul, to go back to your question, if you're truly talking about reserves, it doesn't really matter how how big the building is, because whatever the whatever the item is, you just multiply it by how how many of them are in the building. So, for instance, if you assume that uh, you can get a refrigerator for 250 bucks and that it's going to last 10 years, that you have to, of course, put aside 25 dollars a year for each refrigerator. $25 times 10 if it's a 10 unit, $25 times 4 if it's a 4 unit, etc. Things like roofs and, and, and concrete and uh, water heaters and furnaces would be based on how big they are. You know, a, a, a boiler in a 40 unit building is going to be a different gross expense than a than a the gas forced air furnace in a two family home. But uh, they're going to last about the same period of time. So, you know, you take the how many of them are there? How many how much will it cost to replace and how many years is it going to last and and divide it thusly. So, uh, yeah, it's a good good idea to include reserves in your estimates of your expenses on the building because they are real expenses even though they don't accrue every year. And you know what's a really fantastic idea? Actually put the money aside to make those repairs when they come up because I have seen so many otherwise very successful landlords completely go down the tubes like like they they'll go from owning 120 properties to owning nothing simply because they did not account for reserves when they purchased the property and then they didn't and or they didn't set them aside uh, out of their cash flow. They, they spent all the cash flow and then something goes badly wrong and you have five roofs go bad in the same month. And if you don't think that can happen, that's because you've never owned 120 units and uh, they don't have the money to fix them. And therefore, those five go vacant because the tenants don't like being leaked on. And because those five now have to be paid for with no rent coming in, that money's got to come from some other unit. And so that cuts the cash flow by that much more. And then something else goes wrong. And it's all because of lack of reserves. If there was one lesson that I wish had been pounded into my head a lot earlier than it was, it was keep your reserves in an account without an ATM card attached to it. That would be my best piece of advice for any landlord new or existing. It's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate Investing. You can give us a call with your questions at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. We're going to go to the phones now and talk to Daryl. Daryl, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah. Great, great, Daryl. We can, we can barely hear you. It's an internet. It's an internet phone. I don't know. Okay. Well, it's, it's actually it's actually it's actually a little bit better. So what, what was your uh, first of all, Daryl? Where are you from? Uh, Atlanta area. Atlanta. Okay. Right. And what's your question? Well, I am uh, looking at uh, uh, purchasing REO REO properties. Uh-huh. But what I'm running into, yeah, what I'm running into is trying to do a counter offer or uh, make an offer when. What I'm looking at is a foreclosed property. Just say it's a multifamily foreclosed property with no, and 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 the only numbers being offered are pro, pro forma numbers. Uh huh. So these are these are multifamilies. Multifamilies. They're empty. Yeah. Right. Y- yeah, and uh, yeah, obviously pro forma numbers. Are, are are made up. <laughs> they don't, those are those are those are non-existent numbers. Uh, it's sort of it sort of gives you a place to start, but it is important to um, to understand that even when a a building is occupied, you're often given pro forma numbers. <laughs> You're often given you're often given the, the the numbers by by the owner like like well you could get this much for rent, right. and if you replace the windows then the utility cost could only be this much so you end up doing a lot of your own numbers anyway, and you, you what what you have to learn is sort of how to research them, okay because the ongoing income and expenses of a building are actually pretty predictable. Now, now talking about ongoing versus like what does it need to actually get it into working order, right? That's 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 one set of expenses is is what's going to have to be done to even make it rentable. But then once it's stabilized, you're going to have a certain limited set of expenses. You're going to have your your taxes and insurance, which are are 
are very findable, right? I mean, you can call the county and ask what the taxes are. And you can call your insurance agent and say, here's the situation with the building. What are the taxes? What are the insurance going to be? Uh, you'll have your utilities, which you can, you can actually get a pretty good handle on what the utilities on the occupied building are going to be by calling the gas and electric company and asking them what the monthly billings were last time it was occupied. So, so you say like, all right, I, I, last time it was occupied, I think was in 06 and 07. What were the bills then? Do the same thing with a the water company. Then you'll have things like, like uh, you've got your vacancy rate, which m- most, depending on the neighborhood, but most people set that around 10%, that I'm going to have 10% of my units vacant all the time. And then you can go back and calculate, all right, so if, if 10% of the units va- go vacant every year, I'm going to have a turnover cost on each unit, right? And, and based on the size of the units, how much is it going to cost to paint them and carpet them? I'm going to have an advertising expense on each one, so how long can I probably expect to run an ad? before that one, you know, becomes occupied again. I always assume that, uh, and this is, this is obviously being very pessimistic, but you want, you want conservative numbers. I always assume that every single one of those units that goes vacant is going to go vacant because I filed an eviction. So I put that into legal costs. So you're, you're really, you're, you're, you're making the best guess you can. And you're, because you have no real numbers to work with, you're going to work with numbers that you think are really conservative, not best-case numbers, because you know the pro forma is best-case numbers. Right, right. right? So all you, can do is, all you can do is make the best guess you can and say, I want, and, and by the way, because this thing's vacant and I'm going to have to fill it, I want a really high cap rate. And make your offer accordingly. And, of course, with commercial contracts, there's usually a fairly long due diligence period following offer acceptance so then you have the opportunity to bring in some some experts maybe who've who've run buildings like that in the area and have them tell you if any of your numbers are wrong and that's just that's that's the best you can do but there's some there's some great deals out there in commercial properties right now uh uh, jerry who was my guest last week closed today on his big big building up in columbus and it was a it was it wasn't an reo but it was a a pre-foreclosure and receivership and oh my gosh, they're going to make so much money! It just makes me green with envy. Yeah, I missed last week's call. So one one um, number, I and mean, all those that you mentioned, that's that's where I, I see it's a lot of a lot of work involved. Um, would you consider per door numbers? That's going to wind down to per door numbers. Would that be an important number to? Not a chance. Not a chance. Every every real estate agent who's trying to pitch me one of these deals tries to pitch it based on, oh, it's only $7,000 a door. And I say, great. And what are the actual income and expenses? Because there, I don't know about Atlanta, but there are places in Cincinnati where if you pay $7,000 a door for a building, you're paying too much. You got it. You got it. And, and, yeah, so the, the per-door the per is just, I mean, that's just like... That's a number that sounds really impressive if it's a low number, but if I can sell you a property for seven thousand a door and then it's going to cost you thirty thousand a door to fix it, it's not such a good deal, is it? Right. Right. So yeah, that's yeah, okay. that's yeah, just another one of those rule of uh, rule of thumb numbers. <laughs> yeah, but that's good. That was a lot of good information that you get. I, I appreciate that. Okay. Thank you very much for your call, Daryl. Appreciate that. Okay then. Thanks. Bye. All righty, bye-bye. Uh, you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. You can give us a call with any questions because today is question and answer week at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Programming support on WMKV comes from Cincinnati Bell, inviting you to rethink bundles. With Cincinnati Bell, you may bundle your services together, including home phone, wireless phone, and Zoomtown high-speed internet with no contract. Some restrictions apply. Details are available online at PricedForLife.com. That's Priced, the number four, Life.com. Checking on traffic right now when we have an accident westbound 75 at the Norwood, what? Northbound 75 at the Norwood Lateral. It's a north-south road. Uh, westbound 275 at 75 in Tri-County. Also northbound 75 north of Town Street in accidents. So two of them on northbound 75 on the right shoulder. And then southbound 75 still have an accident on the Brent Spence Bridge. Left lane is blocked. Again, that is on the bridge itself. Accidents US 42 at Houck, Maine at McMicken. 
Glenway at Grand. Your forecast tonight, clear skies, a low of 52. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 80. And then Friday, sunny with a high of 82. For the weekend, the Independence Day weekend, sunny and warm. uh, Highs in the upper 80s Saturday and in the low 90s Sunday and Monday. Right now, though, 78 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. You can make a dramatic difference in WMKV listenership. Please pass the word along to a friend about WMKV-FM 89.3 and our worldwide streaming audio at WMKVFM.org. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. It's question and answer week, which is the week where you get to ask questions. Grab me at your RIA meetings. You talk about how it would just be great to have someone to answer your questions and then it's question and answer week and and you're too shy to to call 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 send us an email at askvina at gmail.com let's go to line one and talk to don don welcome to real life real estate yes good afternoon hey don where are you from Um, I'm from Georgia. Georgia. Wow. What is it with Georgia today? <laughs> oh, they're just they're just listening with all ears. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question uh, that I've heard you on your program, which uh, when I heard it, I, I said, I've got to ask Vina that. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned at the closing there was a problem with um, the assignment clause where you were having the title companies, I guess it was, have to report all transaction outside the physical closing. Yes. And and you were concerned that that really was not any of their business, but, oh, they said, no, 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 we have to say it. And you said, well, it's not really the law. Well, we can't help it. We've got to protect ourselves and all that. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned that, and, and, and I see it here, you've got a couple of documents. You've got one purchase agreement for assignment. Mm-hmm and then assignment of contract. Mm-hmm. And you had said that, there, that, that the buyer and, and the wholesaler signed the first one, mm-hmm. which they have to sign the second one to actually have the property assigned to them. Mm-hmm. But you said, and I hadn't really studied this, but you said there's no amount of money that's actually put on the assignment of contract, so it doesn't have to go on the HUD one, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I guess. Yes, but 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 here's my question: Even though it's not on there, funds still were passed along mm-hmm. from from them to you. Mm-hmm. So even though it's not it's not actually physically on the form, it's still money that was passed outside of closing. Correct. So how how is it that they still <laughs> don't say? Well, we still got to have it on there, even though your form doesn't say it. How do how how do I how do I justify that? I think is is your question right? Um, here's right. the answer, and let me and and Don, because you're you're obviously you're obviously like looking at a manual that not everybody who's listening probably yeah, has I access to. A hindrance. To um, some I know. <laughs> uh, let me let me explain a little bit about about the forms that you're talking about and about the the situation that you're talking about. Um, okay. About four or five years ago, there was a huge nationwide round of investigations surrounding illegal flipping, which is, you know, inflating the price, getting a fake appraisal, um, uh, you know, do it. Uh, uh, Pretending to fix up a property, but not actually fixing up it, and trying to sell it to a homeowner for an inflated price, and, right. and uh-huh. also and also uh, around bank fraud, uh, pe- people that were doing just just ridiculous things with banks were like, Don, you'd sell me your house for twenty thousand, but then I'd sell it back to you for fifty, and you'd get a loan for eighty percent of that, and then you'd flip it back to me for a hundred, and I'd get a loan for eighty mm-hmm. percent of that. You know, just crazy, illegal, criminal, unethical stuff. As mm-hmm. as a result of all of these FBI federal level investigations, title companies that had participated in these, some knowingly, some unknowingly, got into big, uh-huh. big trouble. We're talking mm-hmm. we're talking, you know, out of business, sometimes going to jail type of trouble. And so they, they the title companies got very, very paranoid about wanting to know everything that was going on in a transaction whether or not it was strictly speaking any of their business yeah. <laughs> okay and 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 that is what what you're referring to is the fact that it is my feeling and it is my attorney's feeling that if 
something if 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 a if something changes hands outside of a closing related to a property that it is not it is not the title company's business if that happens it is not the seller's business it is not the buyer's business you know and and, and we could argue all day long about the some of the finer points of that but long long story short it's not that at least in any place i know of it is illegal for you and i to exchange something outside of the closing it's that the title company wants to know about it and they want to put it on the closing statement because they want to be able to say hey our hands are clean we reported everything we knew so my solution to that is don't let them know if if they don't if they don't know they don't have to report anything and so when when things happen outside of closing and, and again let's be clear don that this is all this is all we're talking about stuff happening outside of the clothing that is legal to happen yeah you know there's things that could happen outside of the closing that wouldn't be legal like i could uh be, i don't know be bribing uh-huh. the real estate agent or <laughs> there could be all kinds of yeah. things yeah. going on that, that wouldn't be legal we're talking about something perfectly legal which is that you sold your contract nothing wrong with that nothing illegal about it and none of anybody's business <laughs> except you and your buyer so the one form says it, it actually uh, documents the transaction between you and your buyer and says hey you gave me five thousand bucks and i gave you this the rights and responsibilities of this contract and right. only you and your buyer ever see that the other piece that was the purchase for assignment that's the purchase for assignment the right. other right. The other piece of paper says uh i'm assigning you this contract for zero dollars and other good and valuable considerations Okay, and that's but, what the title, but the title company, sees. company Wouldn't the title company get suspicious? Now wait a minute. You're assigning this contract for good and valuable consideration. What is that consideration? Uh, it's not money. What is it? It's good and valuable. Okay, <laughs> they, so as long they, as there's not a dollar figure, they know. They know. They know that it's money, but what they have in their file is a form that says that it's zero dollars and other good and valuable consideration. Okay. 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 So, so think about it from the title company's point of view. What are they trying to accomplish? Are they trying to keep you from assigning a contract? No. No, they couldn't care less, right? What What are they trying to do? They're trying to protect their assets. They're yes. They're trying to make sure <laughs> that they have all the documentation in their file to say we asked right. all the questions and we have the pieces of paper. Right. Right. Okay. And you gave them that, didn't mm-hmm. you? Yes. Yes, sure. Yep. Sure. I mean, I gave it to them, and that assignment of contract is the only uh, document they get. They don't get the other one, which is in my file and the buyer's file, apparently. Correct. Exactly okay. right. Now, now, in my area, we have attorneys and not title companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's up in northwest Georgia where maybe Atlanta area has title companies. We don't in our area. So I guess it would be the same thing, wouldn't it? Yes. And, and, and I, I, let, me, let me clarify Don, in Ohio, although we close with title companies, all the title companies are owned by attorneys. Oh, they are. Okay. So, yes, it's not. It's okay. not like we're that many steps away from from sitting there with the attorney, and in, in many cases, right. you are sitting there with the attorney. Right. Right. And and I have one follow up question, if I might. Sure. When 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 you go to when of course once this transaction is complete, the the buyer your buyer actually goes and meets with the seller at the closing. I guess you physically don't show up. And, and I know you've said most of your buyers, in fact, all your buyers really are experienced buyers. Those are the ones you prefer to work with, not newbies, uh, mm. new rehab people. But haven't you found it necessary maybe to be there, to coordinate it? Have you ever felt like, you know, yeah. my, Don, my me, buyer doesn't know the seller, and I'm kind of concerned that I don't know if it'll go down right or whatever? Let me, let me, let me correct you, because uh, actually what I said was just the opposite. I okay. said, I said, I said, do you have to show up? No. Somebody from my office, whether it's me or my partner or my I assistant, okay. somebody yeah. goes to that closing every single time. And sometimes okay. we're the right. only one there. <laughs> sometimes, oh, okay. sometimes, you know, the, the, the buyer sent his money, sent his money to the title company ahead. So, and, and signed everything ahead. So he's not there. And the seller uh, came in earlier and signed everything. Sometimes, you know, I'm the only one sitting at that closing other than the, than the attorney or title agent. But yes, for for exactly the okay, reasons great. you just said, yes, someone from my office yeah. is there. Okay. Right, because in the past I've heard people say, oh, they'll just send you your check, you don't have to go, but that didn't sound so good to me. I don't think that's really? great customer service. Yeah. I mean, you're running, yeah, you're running okay. a business here, and yeah, you mm-hmm. can get away with not going to the closing, 
But right. on the on the very 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 off chance that something goes wrong, you really should be there. Mm-hmm. Right. Very good. Okay. Well, okay. Thanks so much. I enjoy your program. Thank you very much, Donna. Thank you for your call. All right. Let's go to line two, David. David, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi. How are you? Hi, David. I'm great. How are you? And where are you from? I'm from Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Okay. What's your question? Yeah. Now this is kind of a vague question, um, but basically, I'm 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 I feel like I'm kind of stuck, and I kind of kind of want some direction as to what the next step would be for someone like me. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a part-time real estate guy, and I would like to kind of get into being full-time. And my history is that, um, oh, I've, I've owned four houses. I'm in my fourth house now, and I've remodeled the three other ones while I lived in it. I will never do that again. That is absolute hell. <laughs> um, but, but, and, and I sold them for a decent profit, usually using that profit to finance the next house and get a decent down payment. Uh-huh. So the house I'm in now currently doesn't have, you know, to have a payment. And then I also have two other rental properties, and I'm, and I'm doing well on there. I think collectively I'm probably making about $800 a month with those properties. But that's just not generating a serious amount of income for me to go to the banks and to get another property. And, you know, and I see all these other opportunities out there. And I just, I just feel like I'm in, I'm in a lower gear, and I don't know how to, how to shift to a higher one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and your goal would be to continue to acquire rentals. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and I've done, I, I had, you know, a fair amount of remodeling experience, and I actually took a year off of, of my day job to actually start my own remodeling business, and I had a partner, so I can understand, you know, the intricacies of a house, and mm-hmm. you know what plumbing costs, and you know what all these things cost. So. So I feel like I have a good handle on the cost of things. I just don't know where to get the money to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, I will give you three uh, vague answers. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. They, they, they won't be. They won't be vague. They just maybe wouldn't be as detailed as if you and I were sitting down for three hours and talking to each other. Okay. Sure. Um, so, 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 uh, so overall, you have three mortgages, right? Yes. Okay. You're only going to be able to get one more anyway. From okay, why that? From a from a from a standard conventional lender because uh Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac both have per borrower loan limits that are theoretically 10 loans. In reality, try and find a bank who'll do more than 4. Huh. I did not know that. Yeah, and I mean, when I say a bank, I don't mean like you can go to bank A and get 4 and then go to bank B and get 4 more. I'm saying bank A will look at uh, bank B will look at bank A's four loans and say, "Oh, you you've got 4." Okay. We're not, we're not doing it anymore. So conventional financing for non-owner occupied properties really, really tough right now. Okay. And, and anyone will tell you that. And and the the you know you have to have twenty percent down. And even if you could find a bank that would do that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth loan, then you're at twenty five percent down. Yeah, that's what I had to do on the last one. Was twenty five percent. Yeah. So. What do we do when we are presented with opportunities like this? Um, we find other ways to do things. There are there are three three general things, three general directions you could go, and then I'm going to send you off to do the detail research on these yourself. Okay. Uh, probably at Cincinnati Rio would be a good place. There's a bunch of uh, uh, different courses in the library that cover these topics. One is buy only deals that the seller will finance. Okay. Either. By, sometimes the seller finances them by letting you take over their existing loans. Sometimes if the property's paid off, the seller will just take payments instead of taking all cash. Now, that still begs the question, how do I get the money to rehab? Okay, because the seller's not, not going to hand you the deed and $20,000 to fix the house. It doesn't, right. it doesn't work that way, uh, generally. I, I'd be very impressed if you if you found somebody who would do that for you. So, <laughs> so they would just do it themselves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 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 option B which you may end up combining with A is private money, private financing. Okay. There are endless numbers of folks out there right now who have the kind of money that we can really use here in Cincinnati, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars in a retirement plan. And I mean, let's face it, you're not going to find a property here that if the seller will finance the purchase price, you can't make it really nice for between twenty yeah. and $50,000, right? So, so, so the private financing model says find folks that, that you're connected to, friends, family, colleagues, people within your circle of influence, that sort of thing, who have money in a retirement plan 
That it, it doesn't have to be in a retirement plan, but that's generally where it ends up being. Uh, and they're not happy with their returns. Yeah, do you know? Mark. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know any people who aren't happy with the returns on CDs and money market accounts right now? Yeah. And offer them a, a really uh, secured deal, meaning that, they're, yeah, they're going to loan you the money, but they're going to have a mortgage against the property. And the property, by the way, needs to be worth a lot more than the amount of their mortgage. Okay. So that, so that if you get hit by a bus or have a horrible rehab accident and cut your head off with a circular saw or something, they... <laughs> They have an asset to go back to. You know, okay, he's not making the payments anymore, right? But I, right. Have, I have this asset that I can get uh, that, that's worth a whole lot more than what my investment in it is. And, and of course, if there's two mortgages that they, they, the combined, they still have to be a lot less than what the property is worth. Uh, you will be surprised when you start asking around to people how many of them you know that have amounts of money that you can use. And that are willing to let you have it for a six to eight percent return. Yeah. Now, there, uh, having said that, uh, David, I need to tell you there are some state requirements, and they differ from state to state. I know you're in Ohio, but I'm talking to our listeners all over the country about filings so that you can legally accept that money. And in the state of Ohio, there's a piece of it's about five five page long piece of paper that you have to fill out and. Uh, reveal your financial history and all that kind of stuff, and it's not—it's not difficult to fill out. But you, you, in order to be in compliance with the law, you have to do that. Okay, I'm okay. actually in Kentucky. Is that in Kentucky as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's every state in the union regulates those private loans. Okay. Okay. Now, um, the third option, since you are a rehabber, would be to do a combination of buying to hold, which is a great way to build long-term wealth, and just buying and selling to have the cash to do the other thing. Okay. And again, same concept, all right, I, I get the owner to finance the deal, I get somebody else to finance the the repair costs, but then I sell it, I sell, I sell every other property or two out of every three properties for the purpose of having the money to buy more rental properties. Okay. And there is still a high demand for starter home level properties you know is medium kind of kind of uh in in our area you're talking about 90 to one hundred and fifty thousand dollar properties fixed up yeah uh that people will still buy those if they're nice and fixed up and they are priced right you can resell them immediately so if you are buying the deals right where you have 30 percent plus equity built in at the front end you can in this market make generally somewhere between 15 and twenty five thousand dollars in cash after all your expenses on a property like that, and $25,000 cash, as you know, will buy entire blocks in some parts of Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, great, great. Well, that's that's great advice. That sounds like i got a little bit of research to do. So. Yes, yeah. Come, come to Rhea. Check out some of the manuals and things that are out there about these various topics. And there, there's lots of people who are still in the real estate business are doing one or a combination of those things, because okay. there's just no other way to get money. In yeah, this. I, I, because I, I, I just I didn't see how I could get out of the cycle, um, and it just seemed it seemed kind of like I was stuck. <laughs> yeah, well, this will this will this will stretch your brain, and it will uh, it will allow you to take advantage of some of these great deals because you have no idea how many people right now are out there looking at all these fantastic deals and saying, "I should buy them, I should buy them, I should buy them," but they are glued to their chairs by the money issue. Yeah. They say, "I don't yeah. have it." I can't get a loan from a bank because, you know, I, I went through personal foreclosure two years ago or my credit cards are all run up. And it's like it's like they're too stymied by the money thing to go make money. Yeah. And there's <laughs> lots of ways to do it. All right. Okay. Great. Hey, well, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for your call, David. I appreciate it. And let's see if Lisa is still here on line three. Lisa, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi. Hi, Lisa. Where are you from? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Okay. What's your question? Yes. Well, um, I just have um, a question I wanted to run by you. My plan, and we all have to have a plan, don't we? Yes. <laughs> My plan is to retire in three years. Mm-hmm. And when I retire, I won't no longer be living in Cincinnati. Uh-huh. My plan is then to move west. So uh, I guess my question is, um, and I probably won't do that like, as soon as I retire. I'll spend some. I live in a condo building, so I'll spend some time like 
fixing it up and getting it ready to sell. Um, and I'm right now I am trying to do like this year I'm redoing the kitchen mm-hmm. so that I can actually pay cash for that and have that all paid off. Mm-hmm. Is there any um, formula or is there any way to um, kind of think about how how much money would be the minimum amount you should <laughs> you should spend or have available to um, you know get a place ready uh, to sell? Well, let's let's look at it backwards, Lisa, because that's the easiest thing to do. Okay. What is the current completely fixed up, beautified, buffed and puffed value of the condo? Um, gosh, on the last um, the last tax bill I had in terms of that. Uh, 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 the tax people don't know. No. <laughs> all, the, all the tax people know is what you paid for it. And then if you've lived there a while, they'll, they'll, they'll add a little bit to the, Oh, <laughs> I think we lost Lisa. Uh, yeah. Hopefully you're still listening, Lisa, even though you're, you're not on your phone anymore. Uh, the tax people have no idea what the value quote unquote of your property is in the sense of if you put it on the market right now, what would a ready, willing and able buyer come to pay for it? Okay. What they know is what did you pay for it? And then generally they will accept, you know, up that a little bit each year until you start complaining about it. In order to tell what your condo is worth really nice, what you need to do is you need to find one or better yet more than one really nice condos, preferably in the same development that have the same number of bedrooms, the same number of baths. And if there's anything unusual about your condo, like it's got a river view, then obviously the other ones need to have river views too to understand how it really works. And, um, that will give you that will give you a fixed up price. So let's just imagine that that fixed up price is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Hey, Lisa. Hi. Sorry, <laughs> my phone went out. So yeah, I'm yeah, back. yeah. We heard that. So I, I don't know if you've heard what I've been saying since because I didn't stop answering your question just because you weren't there to hear the answer anymore. Oh no, I didn't hear. It. <laughs> but Sorry. well, well, I'll, I'll I'll continue from where I was, and and this this show will be up on a podcast in about two days on iTunes. Oh, okay. And you can listen to the middle part. But but let me <laughs> let me let me summarize what I've said up until now. The way you find out what your condo is worth is you find out what other identical or as close to identical as possible condos have sold for preferably in the same complex but if not at least within no more than a quarter of a mile in the in the last year or so now you're not you're not looking for the reos those don't sell for full price the bank-owned properties don't sell for full price what you're you're looking for is somebody who did what you are intending Mm -hmm. to do and that will give you the kind of the kind of high end of what your property will sell for and let's just let's just throw out a number there and say it's one hundred and fifty thousand. Let's, okay. Im- let's imagine that's the number. Now, the question then is, what did those condos have? What 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 does fully rehabbed mean? And the the way uh, the way you're going to find that out is when from from now on for the next three years, any time a condo goes up for sale in your complex, mm-hmm. you're going to go see it. Well, I don't. I live in a small building. It was converted into condos. Okay. Then, so then within, it's actually there's only six units within several blocks. Then you know within within okay. a quarter mile, half a mile. Anytime you see a condo up for sale, you're going to go look at it because that's going to tell you what your okay. competition looks like. That's going to okay. tell you like if I'm a buyer and I see Lisa's condo and I see Fred's mm-hmm. condo and I see Joe's condo, uh, mm-hmm. whose is going to be the most appealing? Right. Mm-hmm. Because the mm-hmm. biggest danger that you're going to be facing in the next few years is you're going to want to over improve. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to you're going to want to make it the no brainer have to buy it, uh, you know, and, and, and you're going to spend too much. And it, it, mm-hmm. it's great. You know, if, if, if you put in a jacuzzi tub, that's going to make it a lot more attractive. However, if nobody right. else has a jacuzzi tub. <laughs> then you... already, I've already spent too much money on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, no, I mean, no, no, I'm saying that's what I would think is, oh, yes. geez, nobody else has this. I didn't really need it. Yes, and, and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, there's certain things that you can you can do to over-improve it by a little uh-huh. without spending too much money. And actually, I used the example of the jacuzzi tub. That's, that's If you were going to replace the bathroom... Mm-hmm. It would. It might be a good. It might be a good buy to spend another three to six hundred dollars on that tub because of the wow factor. Oh. But but what I'm saying is don't do that, and put in the 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 
$1,900 custom vanity and the, oh, right. <laughs> you know, right, so, right, right. so one or two little things that are going to make people go, wow, uh-huh. is nice. Uh-huh. But, 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 but the danger you're going to be facing is that you're going to, you're going to want to put solid wood European custom cabinetry and granite countertops oh. in a neighborhood where the, the Home Depot modern middle grade right. would be perfect. Okay. Yeah. And the only way you're going to know that is by going around and looking and see what the competition is doing. Well, yeah. Walnut Hills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like East Walnut Hills? Yes. Okay. Well, Walnut. go ahead and put in the European custom cabinetry <laughs> and the granite countertop. <laughs> well, I've already decided. Like the, the kitchen is, it's a, you know, it's a galley kitchen, so it's very small. Mm-hmm. But I've already decided to upgrade like to um, real granite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because there's very small, I mean, there's not very much counter space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of the things I'm going to upgrade, mm-hmm. but most of them will be just replacing what's updated and, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that I'm current on um, everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and I and I would say I would say that 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 was accurate. But the, the other thing you have to look at again is what is the ultimate fixed up value of this thing? Mm-hmm. And and OK. And don't just don't overspend you know you know what you paid you know what you owe Mm -hmm. well it's going to be paid off i mean it'll be paid off this year okay okay so (laughs) you you will you will you will owe nothing (laughs) right so so that's good right but i want to you know i'm looking at three to four years out and Mm -hmm. like you said i don't want to overspend competition Look, but I, yeah, you're right. I want to know exactly what's out look there. Look at the competition. Now, let me tell you something else. Another, another two, two other problems that you're going to run across. And if you're a male and you're listening to the show, please turn your radio off right now because <laughs> Lisa and I are going to talk gal to gal. Number one, if you're if you're hiring contractors mm-hmm. to do this work, um, you're gonna you're gonna be at a little bit of a disadvantage in that they're gonna look at you and go, oh well, price just went up thirty percent because she's not gonna know because she's a girl. <laughs> So, okay. so get some, get some uh, advice from, from like a friend about what these mm-hmm. things ought to cost. And, and, and when a contractor comes and tells you it's going to cost 50% more than that, just, mm-hmm. don't hesitate to find another one and don't hesitate to say, oh, all right, yeah, really, seriously, right. no, this is what right. I'm willing to pay. Okay. Right. Don't, don't, Here's what I am. Right. Oh. Don't, 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 don't afraid, be afraid okay. to, to, to play hardball with them. And secondly, <laughs> when they, when they see where you live, the price is also going to go up 25%. I, I could probably oh. get, <laughs> I could probably get the same work done on a condo in say Westwood like identical work identical materials oh. and so on for for yeah, 25% right. less cuz yeah the assumption's going to be like like you can afford it so just yeah play play right. don't when when the contractors are there you're not you're not miss nice lisa be smart but play yes you're 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 the negotiator you're not you're not you're not there, there to go. make everybody happy okay that's right. Thank okay, you very great. much for your call, Lisa. I appreciate it. All and right. thanks to all the folks who made Real Life Real Estate Question and Answer Week successful. I guess we'll, we'll just keep right on doing it. Uh, but in the meantime, we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. WMKV, Reading, Ohio, Fox 19 News coming up next. Breaking news from Claremont County, murder trials, murder charges have been filed in the death of two-year-old Jerry Wells. Wells died.